Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. The Final Edition Radio Hour is a work of satire intended for people who own books, gentrify neighbourhoods and say they like kale. Please consume responsibly the satire, that is. Hi, I'm Tony Hendra and this is the Final Edition Radio Hour. My better and younger half, Jeff Chrysler, can't be with us today as he's got a real job and a baby on the way. So I'm going to sneak in a few comments about the media of which he is an occasional and proud member. So, here are two things I wish the media, by which I mean my media, not the alt-facts media, would stop. One, stop applying the word new to Trump, as in, it's a new reality, a new game, new rules, new America, new this, new that. There's nothing new about a bottom-feeding demagogue pandering to the scummiest elements of society. It's as old as the Greeks and Romans, and it's the easiest path to power if you're a certain kind of psychopathic human sewage. It can happen in any society, look at the Philippines right now, and in any era. Never forget Nixon. Two, stop using the word populist about Trump and all the other psychopathic human sewage around the planet who pander to their own scummiest elements. Populism is a positive force. Populism is when an entire class of people, from populace in Latin, rise up against brutal oppression, injustice and exploitation, which costs them their lives and livelihoods on a daily basis. It happened a lot in the 19th century, as nations threw off repressive classist monarchies, and in the 20th after the Great World War of 1914-45, when so-called colonies threw off their brutish, mostly British, rulers. The stew of social discomforts, lost privilege and flat-out xenophobia that drives the Trump and proletariat doesn't come within a light year of true populism. Well, wow, got that off my chest. Been wanting to do that since November 9th. But Chrysler, the established responsible stand-up comedian, keeps wanting us to be funny. So, okay Jeffers, it's your turn. Welcome, folks, to the brand new, very populist, and hopefully funny episode 207 of the Final Edition Radio Hour. This is the non normalizing news at noon, not normalizing Donald Trump since January 2017. The obese 70-year-old toddler restricted public information at the Environmental Protection Agency and the Department of Agriculture this week, as would Hitler under similar circumstances. And looking at the week ahead, the poster boy for narcissistic personality disorder sure has a busy schedule, doesn't he, Jan? I'll say, the glorified heckler who sees world power through a technicality will be meeting with congressional leaders where he'll demand they dismantle Obamacare and replace it with some rambling nonsense that no one takes seriously. Then he'll meet with his nominee for Secretary of interior and make some giant mistake with national parks. Uh, then I believe he's meeting with European leaders to say a lot of stuff that won't matter because he'll completely contradict it the next day. That's correct. Any idea what the human tampon is going to be lying about tomorrow? The length of his jacket, oddly enough. No one knows why it matters to anything, but for some reason he's going to get weirdly defensive about it. Thanks. In science news, the psychologically unbalanced sociopath said Newton's third law of motion no longer applies to him or any member of his family. Putin's puppet also said he'll be appointing a special prosecutor to find out who stole his strawberries. And now, Devin with breaking news. Thanks, Todd. In Washington today, the president was an angry creep with obvious psychological problems. Thanks, Devin. Excellent story. Oh, thank you! We'll have more on that story for the next four years. Or less. (laughs) 
Welcome to Alternative Facts Game Show, America's number one game show since 1820. I'm your host, Jesus Christ. Let's meet our contestants. Contestant number one, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a far superior being from a distant galaxy. You couldn't even pronounce my name. My intellect far surpasses anything you have ever seen. It says here you collect porcelain figurines. Yes, especially cats. Excellent. Contestant number two, you have an interesting background. I am Spartacus, and I wrote the song Tie a Yellow Ribbon. You know that chick on Modern Family with the huge tits? I nailed her. Very impressive. And our returning champion, President Donald Trump. Mr. President, your winnings total almost $400,000. Jesus, if that is your real name, I I looked at my winnings and it looked like they were easily a million or 1.5 million. You're trying to delegitimize my championship. As always on Alternative Facts, everybody is right. Here are our categories. Me, me, me. It's huge. Things I never said. The media made that up. And I have a plan. President Trump, you control the board. I'll take, you don't know it was Russia. It could be some 400-pound guy in his bed for 100. Actually, there is no such... Of course. Here's your clue. The recent Women's March featured participants from... Wrong. That is correct. You're on the board with $100. $500. Correct. Hey, he just grabbed my pussy. She's lying. What a nasty woman. You're both right. Let's go to our judge, Kellyanne Conway. I fucked her, too. She begged for it. We all win. That's all our time. All contestants on Alternative Facts receive high-paying factory jobs in rural Rust Belt areas. Stay tuned for I've Got a Secret with your host, Vladimir Putin. Take you now to the White House, where Press Secretary Sean Spicer is holding a press conference. Sean, Sean, many of us were disturbed when the administration made the EPA remove the climate change page from its website. And then he briefly put a gag order on the U.S. Department of Agriculture. What was the thinking behind that? Uh, Could you folks just keep your voices down? What's that, Sean? Why are you whispering? Just keep it down and we can talk about this, all right? Uh, Okay. Uh, Sean, why was the EPA forced to take down the webpage about climate change? Because the president didn't know we had one. The president doesn't know a lot of things, all right? When he finds out about them, he gets very, very upset. Uh, And what about the USDA? Shh. Why the US... Okay, okay. Why the USDA? Why the gag order? The president doesn't know about farms. He thinks all his food comes from a car factory in Pennsylvania. He... He doesn't know it comes out of the ground. Well, how can the public make clear decisions if you block scientific research? We're not blocking it. We're replacing it. Look at this screen. We've put lots of interesting new stuff on the climate change website. Uh, Sean, that's porn. As much as you want, for as long as you want it. Here, go to the website for the Department of Interior. Ew, man, no, I am not into animals. All right, well then... Uh, how about the Department of Education? You've been bad, and you're going to have to stay after class for some private discipline. Well, that does look informative. Jerry, stay focused. Can I see the Department of Commerce? All right, but they charge by the minute. Sean, you can't function like this. Sooner or later, you're going to have to tell him about farms and where babies come from and that his wife doesn't live with Keep him. Keep your and- voice down. You don't have to live with him. Hey, hey wait a minute. Sean... Are you wearing makeup? What? I don't know. I'm on TV. I could wear makeup. Yeah, but you look, like, swollen. Are you covering a black eye? No. I don't know. Shut up. Who left the mirror here? Shit. You woke him. Oh, my God. I'm hideous. Steve, great idea. Dress up like women. Hear what they're saying about us. And a great way to pick up broads. Some of these broads are hot. They're angry. They're vulnerable. And there's millions of them. We gotta infiltrate. Sympathize. Make them think we're one of them. Sounds legit to me, Mr. President. By the way, you look great in that apple red cocktail dress. I had to borrow something from Melania. This was the only thing that didn't smell like urine. You must be freezing in those culottes. You think this will work? Trust me, Mr. President. I'm never wrong. Just remember, don't say pussy so much. I'm gonna grab all one million of them 
by the... Mr. President, what did I just tell you? You Did you already tweet that? Damn it! Now Killian Convoy will have to unfactify it! Maybe we should turn this into an orgy. They'll be emotional, tired. That's when I like to strike. I look for the girls who are crying with mascara running down their face. It means they're militant, but they've gone to the trouble of putting makeup on. I like my women strong, while at the same time soak with tears of despair. Mr. President, we're here to get facts, not get laid. Also look for streaks of blue in the hair. It means they're lesbians and may be into a little something something. Did you read over those words that a lot of these women might say? I tried. I can't read this. Ab... Abhorrent. What the fuck does that mean? It means vile, disgusting, obnoxious, loathsome. Oh, okay, that's fine. Or this, megalomaniac. Is that like someone who steals office supplies? If I say yes, will you never use the word? Sure. Then yes. It's starting to rain. This is perfect. Get ready for some nipple through the t-shirt action. When they're wet and cold, they are really vulnerable. Trust me, did you bring pink hats? I'm not wearing one because I'm not a fag, but you should wear one. Hey, you ever play tick grab? Only every week with you. Oh wait, do you hear what those women are saying? I love you, Sai. This pussy grabs back and a cute little pussycat. Genius. Yeah, I thought about it while my cat was playing with a toy cat. I'd love to grab him and swallow him whole. Do you hear that? That's great. She wants me. I knew all that media stuff was horse-pucky. These ladies obviously want me to grab them. Who wouldn't want their president to grab them? Like my father always told me. Go for it. Now Pants is going to be president. Oh, fuck. I've never, I'm never going to work again. Not that I was planning on working much anyway. Man on the street. The nominations for the 89th Oscars have been announced. The final edition asks the man on the street. What do you think? Fine. People are going to watch my short film. This is DiCaprio's year. He's finally going to get one. I don't understand why a uh, case of Morton Salt got nominated. It says right there, Vigo Morton Salt. I think Slumdog Millionaire is going to take it this year. I'll probably skip the first half of the show. That's just going to be the in memoriam. I bet Mary Tyler Moore is just going to squeak by in the in memoriam. She's going to make it after all. You hear about the La La Land sequel? La 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 Land? I love that foreign film. La La Land translates to The The Land. Oh, uh, now, honey. Don't start with me, Bill. Did you see that nightmare Kellyanne was wearing? It was like someone raped the American flag and then turned it into a dress. Uh, you shouldn't say that about our country's flag. I'm ordering room service. Hello? Yeah, give me four, no, five cheese pizzas and a chocolate Yoo-Hoo. Um, you want some nachos, Bill? Well, now, baby. And some nachos. Yeah, load them up. What the fuck? It's a party, right? And a two-liter of Mr. Pibb. I'm hitting the wet bar. Uh, I think maybe you've had enough. Look who's talking. Maybe you didn't get enough of eyeballing Melania's ass, first lady, more like first whore. Now, now, now that's about enough. Oh, now. I see. This is about poor Billy Willie. Can't handle it, huh? I don't feel like playing games tonight, Hillary. It should have been my party! <laughs> okay, Hillary, please. Hillary, Hillary, not the TV. Oh, never mind. Mom, Mom, do you think you could keep it down a little? You're going to wake up Aiden again. Sorry, Chelsea, but your mom is going Amy Winehouse on us. I'll go get the tiara and set it in.
Hi, Sean Spicer here, White House Press Secretary. And I just want to clear up this silly thing about my relationship with Dippin' Dots. This has been completely overblown by the media. I don't have an issue with Dippin' Dots ice cream. It's just that, well, they call themselves the ice cream of the future. You know, how do they know what kind of ice cream we're going to be eating in 100 years? How do they know we won't be eating fur-covered ice cream or, or ice cream made of gold? Because that's how President Trump eats ice cream. Solid fucking gold. And how do you run out of vanilla at a Washington Nationals game? The little prick behind the counter says, Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Could I offer you some birthday cake or cotton candy flavored? What do I look like, a seven-year-old? I want vanilla, like an adult heterosexual male. A lot of people are going to prison. That's all I'm saying. Paid for by Patriots Against Dippin' Dots. Welcome, Mr. or Miss Congressperson, to Working with Donald Trump. If you're listening to this recording, then you've come to terms with reality and are ready to use the president to advance your own political agenda. Working with someone you hate to further your own shitty agenda should come as second nature to you. After all, you are a politician. However, if you're still having reservations about dealing with Donald Trump, just press the pause button and bash yourself in the face until you've come back to your senses. Now that you've finished bashing yourself in the face, the first step to manipulating, I mean working, with the president is showering him with love and admiration. Even if just yesterday you called him a leather-faced tangerine, it's never too late to get on Trump's good side. That's because he has the emotional capacity of a child. Start by tweeting to congratulate him on his record-setting inaugural attendance. Next, send him a nice letter reminding him that he'd have a 100% approval rating if not for all the Mexicans that were polled illegally. Finally, call him up, reassuring him that he played no role in the women's marches. It just happened to be their special time of the month. Remember to pace yourself during this ass-kissing process. Take breaks to breathe and or vomit. Remind yourself that you are still a decent human being. In no time at all, you'll be off to the races, meeting with Donald at the White House, in Trump Tower, or in a Russian bathhouse. When pushing your agenda, remember to be tough and persuasive. Always provide him with good, hard facts, such as cutting Medicaid will create millions of new jobs for factory workers, or Planned Parenthood harbors Syrian refugee fetuses. You won't need to back those facts up, and he won't ask you to. Once Trump's on board with your terrible plan, be sure to congratulate him. Pet his big orange head. If he rolls over, scratch his big orange belly, too. Give him a treat. He deserves it. And so do you. When you're able to look at yourself in the mirror again, congratulate yourself, too. You've begun a beautiful friendship with Donald Trump. Good job, you magnificent asshole. This concludes Side A, working with Donald Trump. In six months, turn over to Side B, distancing yourself from Donald Trump. Hi, I'm Lyle Thompson for the United Foundation. For just five cents a day, you could help the less fortunate become more fortunate. Please give a nickel back. How the hell we wind up right there? And this is the lead singer of Nickelback, Chad Kroger. Never made it out of white man. Couldn't get it out of Look, we came up with this whole Nickelback campaign idea and thought it would be good to have a celebrity face on it. I am so high, I can hear We just wanted Chad Kroger to sit here and nod, but he insisted on singing. I am so high, I can hear He swore he wouldn't leave until we met our goal, but we all thought he was joking. Now I won't stop. Oh, but heaven, no heaven can So please just send us money so we can stop this. Look, it's not the kids' fault, so don't take it on on them. I just want to leave. Again, we are super sorry you have to keep hearing Chad Kroger sing. If we knew this was going to happen, we would have come up with a different idea, like a, 
a dime is worth your time or something like that. With arms wide open. Now he's not even singing his own songs. That one's by Creed. Some dimes are ruined. Some dimes are hot. Now he's singing an old Britney Spears song. When will it end? Okay, great. He fell asleep. I can talk to you now. Listen. The United Foundation. And he's back to that one. Please, please help us make this stop. I, I can't even understand him anymore. And also, help the children. Give us a nickel back today. I'm done. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm starting my car. Hi. Last week, in episode 206, we attempted to curry favour with the incoming administration by demonstrating how for five years we relentlessly socked it satirically to Obama and his gang. Didn't work. Didn't even raise a grateful tweet from the golden one. So fuck him. Equal time. Here's a look back at how from 2012 on we crushed the abominable no-men of the GOP. Bonus, of course, there's nothing about Trump in here. And now, a message from the Republican National Committee. I am black. I am gay. And I am Latino. We're the New Republicans. Hey, my black friend, you are African-American all the time. Tell the people why you are Republican, why don't you? Glad to, my same-sex friend. I am a smaller government guy who is also a black guy. And I am a part of a growing group of Spanish-type people. We're the New Republicans! As a Latino man, I'm not going to deport myself. I no longer wish to deport you, only to discriminate against you in more socially acceptable ways. As do I, my fellow minorities. I am gay, but I feel gay marriage should be between a man and a woman. We're the New Republicans! I think evolution might be true. I think facts might be true. Global warming is still not true. We're the New Republicans! As a black man, I no longer believe in not helping black people. I am gay. I am here. Get used to it. I speak Spanish. Now America has a real choice. It's like the choice between Oreos and Hydrox. Vegas and Atlantic City. Type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. We're the New Republicans. Are we off? Oh, that was pretty good. I'm going to be the gay guy next time. At a press conference in Phoenix today, Governor Jan Brewer of Arizona startled media and supporters alike when she announced that she is part Velociraptor. Brewer, who is 67, said she can no longer live a lie. As with age, her skin, serrated dentition, and enlarged claws became increasingly saurian. Governor Brewer. Yes, I'm a dromaeosaurid theropod dinosaur and proud of it. Governor, can you tell us exactly how a velociraptor entered the Brewer family tree? Well, I'm not going to feed the memory of my beloved father to you piranhas of the press. God bless his mighty soul. All I can say is it involved a trip he made as a young man to northern Mongolia. There, he met a velociraptor that had been frozen in a glacier. So the glacier had melted? Yes, but it had nothing whatsoever to do with so-called climate change. What gender was the Velociraptor? You mean what sex was it? Let me put it this way. I assume it was a female Velociraptor. Because after Dad passed away, I realized he hadn't told me the whole story. What made you realize that? My first child was born inside a large ovoid egg. In other words, you were an oviparous or egg-laying theropod? Hey, only partly. Over the years, Brewer's husband John, a chiropractor, has helped his wife cope with the fact that she is partly a prehistoric reptile. Well, what you don't see is that under her clothing she's developed a long, bony tail, stiffened with ossified tendons. 
that started to grow from her lower vertebra right after we were married. Also, she grew long, prickly feathers in various parts of her body. (laughs) That certainly made the physical act of love interesting. Does she still have feathers? She molts regularly. Also, she likes wearing summer dresses. So I have to shave the feathers off her back. The governor expressed pride not just in looking like a velociraptor, but in embracing its nature. I certainly want to use the large claws on my feet as predatory devices to tear into my prey and disembowel them. (laughs) 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 Yes, sir, Bob, I like that. I also like feeding on my prey while they're still alive until they die from blood loss and organ failure. And you know what? That's the kind of bold leadership Arizonans expect from their governor. Political analysts agreed that Governor Brewer's revelation will only increase her popularity among the prehistoric and fossilized segments of the state's Republican base. The final edition presents a public service message from the National Denier Service. Here at the NDS, we've been getting a lot of calls asking if the Oklahoma tornadoes are the result of global warming. The best answer is that scientists disagree. Both real scientists and the ones paid for by right-wing front groups with bland patriotic names funded by the Koch brothers. We simply don't have enough information about tornadoes, weather, or bland patriotic front groups to make an informed decision. Most of what we know about tornadoes comes from The Wizard of Oz and Twister, one a classic and the other not even available on Netflix. Trying to formulate national policy based on a mishmash of the Lollipop Guild and Helen Hunt is itself a natural disaster. As deniers, we know that denial itself is like a tornado, demolishing some truths while preserving others. David Koch is very much like a twister, except twisters don't make big donations to the institutions they subvert. So the next time a tornado hits, do what Dorothy did. Lie on your bed and wait for your black and white farmhouse to take you someplace better. With any luck, you'll make it to that Disney CGI Oz and get to hang out with the magical James Franco. The preceding announcement was paid for by Americans for Preceding Announcements, a bland patriotic front group funded by the Cokes. Tonight, the adventures of Alec in Wonderland. Alec, the American Legislative Exchange Council, a gang of conservative state legislators who push for laws that benefit the corporations who fund them, was beginning to get very tired of sitting by its friend Ted Cruz at the bank. Suddenly, a white rabbit with pink eyes ran close by, saying, Oh dear, oh dear, I shall be late! The rabbit took a watch out of its waistcoat pocket, looked at it, and hurried on. And Alex started to her feet, for it flashed across her mind, I could probably kill the talking rabbit and take the watch. So she chased the rabbit across a field and down a long conservative rabbit hole. When she finally landed, she found a tiny door through which she could see a set of concerns so narrow and self-interested that she thought, How shall I ever be able to enter if I'm supposed to represent a broad constituency? But fortunately, on a nearby table, she found a little bottle of Kool-Aid labeled Drink Me. Alex stopped to make sure the bottle was not marked poison, And even though it, in fact, was poison, it was not marked as such. So, what the hell? What a curious feeling, said Alec after she drank the Kool-Aid. For soon, her political base was only ten inches high, and her public approval rating was in the single digits. Beyond the door, she found a large table with the March Hare, the Mad Hatter, and the Dormouse all sitting at the far right end. No room. No room. There's plenty of room. The entire left side of the table is empty. There is no left side of anything. There is only the right. What happens to people after we take away their social security? Oh, I'm glad you've begun asking riddles. 
I believe I can guess that. Do you mean that you think you can find out the answer to it? Exactly so. Then you should say what you mean. I do. At least, at least I mean what I say. That's the same thing, you know? Not the same thing a bit. For instance, here's a piece of legislation called the Resolution on Country of Origin Labeling. Can you guess what it does? Does it make sure food labels show the country of origin? No, the opposite. It resists implementing those kinds of requirements for meat producers and processors. Their jobs are hard enough. And how about the Public Employee Choice Act? Does it help public employees? No, it means employees can choose not to pay their union. Soon no one pays. Unions go out of business. Workers have no leverage. Salaries drop. Everybody wins! Except the public employees! And anyone who uses their services. And the economy in general. But we win! Change places! And how about our Energy, Environment, and Agricultural Task Force? Guess who's on it? Well, it has environment in the name. Does it have environmentalists? Nope. Coal and energy groups. Including two people who gave a talk called... <sighs> Warming up to climate change. The many benefits of increased atmospheric CO2. And what do you think the Medicaid Block Grant Act would do? It sounds like it would add money to Medicaid. So that means... It would take it away. Have you guessed the riddle yet? What happens to people after we take away Social Security? Oh, I don't know. What's the answer? I haven't the slightest idea. Nor I! And who cares, really? Yeah, screw them. Hey, March Hare, think fast. You bashed the March Hare's head in. Sweet, got the watch. Change places! Be with us next time when Alec goes through the looking glass and everything becomes the opposite. Hey, corporations are the real victims here. Change places! The next portion of the final edition Radio Hour is brought to you by... We're a part of your community. We're your employer, your protector, your all-around good neighbor, Sam. We are America's prison industrial complex, and all we're asking for is your kids. See, we're one of America's fastest-growing industries, and we help make this country unique. America has nearly 25% of all the world's prisoners. (laughs) Boy, you'd think that'd be enough, but we need more. We need to lock up all your little boys and girls. So, as soon as you hear about something new or unusual, such as, I guess, downloading things, (laughs) what the heck is that anyway? Well, if you don't understand it, pass a law against it. And make sure you have tough sentences. That's how young people learn. Do that, and you won't have to be scared anymore. Help us out, because we're putting up more prisons every day. And just like the rest of us, prisons get lonely without children. Breaking news from the United States Congress. House Oversight Committee Chairman Daryl Issa now has a witness who says President Barack Obama was, in fact, one of the people who attacked the U.S. Embassy in Benghazi. Let's go live to Capitol Hill for that testimony. So, Mr. Doe, you're saying you saw President Obama fire a mortar at the embassy? Yes. I remember thinking, hey, that looks like the president. And I was going to go talk to him, but he was talking to his famous friends, Jay-Z and Beyonce and Barbara Streisand, who also had rocket launchers. Excuse me. 
Mr. Doe, I have your Facebook feed from the time during the Benghazi attack, and at the moment the embassy came under siege, someone posted a picture of you singing Detroit Rock City at a karaoke bar in Michigan. Congresswoman, what's your point? My point, Representative Issa, is that your witness could not possibly have been in Benghazi during the attack. And what's your point? Okay, that testimony is rather suspect, and we apologize for cutting to it. But we will return as soon as ICE's investigation turns up any information on the president. In the meantime, let's go to our financial segment. Wait, wait, hold on. We've just received word that Congressman ISA has physical evidence regarding President Obama and Benghazi. Let's go to Capitol Hill. And this letter states that President Obama aimed an anti-gravity beam at the embassy, and as a result of warp effects in the space-time continuum, shockwaves went back in time and killed beloved puppeteer Jim Henson. Congressman ISA, who wrote this letter? I did. Unfortunately, that evidence was not at all what we were led to expect. But rest assured, in the future, we will only provide coverage for Congressman Issa when we are absolutely, completely certain he has real evidence, which he does right now. We go back to Capitol Hill. This is a picture of Barack Obama's head on a dinosaur's body with three Benghazi victims in his mouth. Uh, As you can see in the background is ancient Rome which is why he could attack Benghazi or cover up Benghazi or cover up his response to Benghazi while he was simultaneously filmed at the White House responding to Benghazi. Interesting. And you did all this using only blue acrylics? I'm kind of in my blue period, yes. So there you have it, from Daryl Issa, investigating the White House response to Benghazi. For those who just tuned in, the highlights are Barack Obama's head on a dinosaur body, three Benghazi victims in his mouth, in ancient Rome. We will cut back to these hearings as they develop. The following is brought to you by Mike Huckabee for president in 2016. Oh my, oh my, I'm just a heated up little female who can't control my libido. I need the government to help me or I'm going to be naughty, 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 wee! (laughs) Hey baby. Who are you? I'm Uncle Sugar from the government. I'm here to force you to take birth control pills to control your libido, since you can't control it yourself. So take these pills, you little slut you, because the more you let that libido rip, the more control we have over you. And you like that, don't you, you bad girl? Sure do, sugar. That's just what baby needs. The government have forced me to take birth control pills because I can't control myself because I'm just a woman. (laughs) Sugar, I love it when you control me. Here, baby. Take some more. Not so fast, Uncle Sugar. Mike Mike Huckabee. That's right, the right Reverend Mike Huckabee to you. Uncle Sugar, you are going to stop controlling women. You're going to stop treating women as if they're just a big fat libido with legs. American women can control their libidos all by themselves without the oppressive progressive hand of big government. Um, but what if I use birth control pills to control my monthly cycle? I didn't hear that. Away with you, Uncle Sugar. You and your woman-hating Democrats will war on women no more. Curse you, Mike Huckabee. You and your female-empowering Republicans thwart every scheme I come up with to force women to have birth control options. Be gone! Because I am pro-choice, I choose to run away in abject terror. Thank you, thank you, thank you, right, Reverend Mike Huckabee. Now I don't need the government to control my libido. You're welcome, little lady. Now, how about women get equal pay for equal work? It's 2014. I didn't hear that. But you can make me a sandwich. Next week, the right Reverend Mike Huckabee battles the oppressive, progressive hand of government forcing immigrants to cross the border to find a better life. And now, a message from Freedom Industries in West Virginia. 
Mr. Freedom, I've lived in Charleston, West Virginia my whole short life, but my town has never smelled so delicious. What's going on? Well, Timmy, we at Freedom Industries have inadvertently leaked a delicious chemical into the water, a magical, wonderful scrum-tastic syrup called 4-methylcyclohexane methanol. It smells like licorice. Can I drink it? Good God, no. But it makes the town smell like Candyland. More than that, Timmy, it makes the town smell like freedom. Freedom from oversight. Freedom from eco-terrorists. Freedom from liberals. Freedom from Obamacare. Freedom from tumors? Sorry, Timmy. Freedom isn't free. But they hurt so much. You know, Timmy, we've got a pretty nice little country here. Except for the majority of the population, which voted for that Kenyan fella. But we've all got to make sacrifices for freedom. And freedom industries. What are you sacrificing, Mr. Freedom? Well, I have to give up going anywhere within 50 miles of your wonderful, wonderful town. But more than that, Freedom Industries will have to give up its name for a while. Oh, Mr. Freedom. I know, Timmy. But until that heavenly stench of licorice completely dissipates, and it's so pretty deep in the ground, so, you know. Freedom Industries is going to have to call itself something else. Maybe Liberty Industries, or Unconstrained Industries, or... Carte Blanche Industries. Oh, I like that one. How about Super 5 Happiness Remember 9-11 Industries? Good one, Timmy. We're all gonna miss you. But Mr. Freedom, will freedom be gone forever? <laughs> no. Freedom Industries will never die. Just all the plant life surrounding it. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom Industries of West Virginia They may take our lives But they will never take our freedom Industries Coming soon, from the acclaimed filmmaker who brought you The Civil War, it's Ken Burns' The Republican Civil War, the story of a conflict that would have seared men's souls if anybody involved had them. In the autumn of 2013, the conflict in the Republican Party over just how stupid to be reached the boiling point. The Republicans had long been united in their embrace of greed and intolerance. The question of stupidity was tearing the party apart. Stupidity opponent Rebecca J. Gladstone wrote of the growing rift. We suburban moderates within the party want to halt the spread of stupidity. It's a blight upon a party devoted to acquisition of money with Ivy League credentials. But these Tea Party rebels' whole lifestyle is based on stupidity. They see any attempt to curtail it as a step towards total abolition. I believe that this party cannot endure half-greedy, half-stupid. For their part, the rebel forces felt that the refusal of moderates to tolerate stupidity fatally weakened the Republicans. Tea Party rebel Lucas Cornfed Higgins took up pen and paper and wrote this anguished complaint. Stupid pussies, they can kiss my ass! Managing to misspell ass, pussies, and stupid entirely without irony. Clearly, stupidity was not going to just go away. Matters came to a head at the Battle of the Debt Ceiling. Rebel Commander Ted Cruz devised a strategy based on the relentless pursuit of unattainable goals using unworkable tactics, the very epitome of the stupidity-based approach. During a lull in the fighting, one of Cruz's foot soldiers wrote home. Dearest Mother, today Commander Cruz, or Mars Ted as we call him, came around to urge each of us to be brave in the forthcoming fight and expressing his regret that he can't be there. Oh, Mother, when will this cruel Obamacare end so that we can live unencumbered by individual mandates? It was a question that would not be answered until after many bitter Republican primary battles ensued. 
causing the loss of many more congressional seats. Ken Burns tells the story of the carnage, the passion, and the stupidity as only he can in The Republican Civil War. Don't miss it. The Republican Civil War is made possible by generous grants from David and Charles Koch. We take you now to an historic speech by NRA spokesman Wayne LaPierre, which is already in progress. You know, I want more guns in America. And many people ask how that would have stopped one man from shooting up a guarded Navy yard in Washington, D.C. It is not enough to be armed. We must also always be scared and paranoid, never relaxed, always ready to fire wildly at anything. That is my dream. I have a dream that my children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the content of their character, but by the capacity of their firing clips. I have a dream that one day little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and little white girls as sisters and brothers, all of them armed and ready to start blasting if another kid even looks at them wrong. I have a dream. I have a dream that one day every valley shall be guarded, every hill and mountain shall have a sniper tower, and every school shall have an armed and bored employee just walking around looking at people. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into one big angry ball of fear, with everyone hopped up on amphetamines, because sleep is the enemy. And so, let us retreat into the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let us cower in our homes in the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let us stockpile ammunition and canned water in the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Then someday, all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to take aim at each other and walk down the street just pointing at each other like that. Waiting. amid the noise and waste and remember what comfort there may be in owning a piece thereof. Avoid quiet and passive persons unless you are in need of sleep. Rotate your tires. Speak glowingly of those greater than yourself and heed well their advice even though they be turkeys. Know what to kiss and when. Consider that two wrongs never make a right, but the three do. Wherever possible, put people on hold. Be comforted that in the face of all aridity and disillusionment, and despite the changing fortunes of time, there is always a big future in computer maintenance. Strive at all times to bend, fold, spindle, and mutilate. Know yourself. If you need help, call the FBI. Exercise caution in your daily affairs, especially with those persons closest to you. That lemon on your left, for instance. Be assured that a walk through the ocean of most souls would scarcely get your feet wet. Fall not in love, therefore. It will stick to your face. Gracefully surrender the things of youth, birds, clean air, tuna, 
Taiwan. And let not the sands of time get in your lunch. Hire people with hooks. For a good time, call 606-4311. Ask for Ken. Take heart amid the deepening gloom that your dog is finally getting enough cheese. And reflect that whatever misfortune may be your lot, it could only be worse in Milwaukee. You are a fluke of the universe. You have no right to be here. And whether you can hear it or not, the universe is laughing behind your back. Therefore, make peace with your God, whatever you conceive him to be, hairy thunderer or cosmic muffin, with all its hopes, dreams, promises and urban renewal, the world continues to deteriorate. Give up. You are a Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening to the Final Edition Radio Hour. The voices of the Final Edition are performed by Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Jim Earl, Rob Gordon, Tony Hendra, Keith Saltohanes, Gil Barron, Ben Kirchner, John Gutierrez, Megan Gallagher, Samantha Gerwitz, Sean Ari Leher, Dan Frick, Dan Vitale, Jeff Chrysler, Barry Lank, John Marshall, Abby Parker, Rachel Rauch, James Mount, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Rob Miller, Kayla Merrill, Andrew Danish, Leslie Shapira, Anne Tuchel, and Darby Worley. Credit to our writers at the Final Edition Radio Hour, Bruce Cherry, Jen Dodd, Rob Gordon, Tony Hindra, Jeff Chrysler, John Marshall, Barry Link, James Mount, Gil Barron, Ben Kirchner, John Gutierrez, Jessica Park, Kurt Weitzman, Leslie Shapira, Joe Davis, Jeremy Rayburn, and Steve Rosenfield. The Final Edition is produced and directed by Tony Hindra and Jeff Chrysler, West Coast production by Barry Link. Audio edited and engineered by Greg Russ and Andrew Hammond. This has been a production of The Final Edition, copyright 2017.